in your ear. Podcast Network. Hi, everybody. This is Balls in Your Ear on the Up in Your Ear podcast network featuring tons of cool shows. I am Josh, and with me, as always, to talk hoops is Frank. Frank. Hi, Frank. Hi. What's going on? And the cool thing is, in the so when Balls in Your Ear started, it was a football show that I did with Dan and Solo, my friend Dan and Solo, and uh, who you, you know, Solo. And uh, we we've been, we did it for a couple of years, like three years. Right. And then doing this now, this, all these new podcasts on the network for the last year. Uh, not once have I ever in all that time of being in charge of recording the show, uh, forgotten to hit record until last week when Frank and I, I swear, did a show talking about the playoffs and the amazing opening weekend and really getting into some, just probably our greatest basketball analysis. If I do say so, what do you I think? Heard. yeah so and i forgot to record it so anyway we're back sorry everybody i won't make promises anymore um and it is now deep into the first round of the playoffs so much so that the entire east is already settled and uh the west is all on to game sixes that could eliminate teams so um yeah i think as we talk about each series I want to go back to um, what, like what we were both predicting for the series because so far I'm I'm on fire with my predictions and things are things are looking pretty solid for the three remaining series. Yeah, we both um, talked about the LA teams being in trouble, and now neither one is eliminated, but they're both. Uh, right, it's Thursday night right now, so the Lakers could the Lakers be are playing late tonight. They could be. right. They, they're the Suns can eliminate them in LA. And uh, the Clippers are on the road, which works out well, uh, to play Dallas tomorrow night on Friday night. So, Frank, do you think either L.A. team is going to be playing basketball this weekend? Well, so I I do know Anthony Davis. He's supposed to give it a go tonight, despite being injured. He's going to give it a try. Um, He was out last week. Chuck called him street clothes. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Yeah, I mean they are so they're so bad without Anthony Davis. Maybe maybe even more so defensively, the presence he brings there. Um, if you look at Devin Booker's stats when Anthony Davis is on the floor, his percentages drop, and it's not because Anthony Davis is, you know, directly one on one guarding him, but it's right. because he's he in his spaces. That, right. He he he's the rim protector. So if he's there protecting the rim, the other Lakers are allowed to actually aggressively guard Devin Booker. And I, and earlier in the series, um, like, you know, when, when Davis played Booker didn't look so hot last game, he had a hell of a game and the Lakers looked, looked really flat and, and totally outmatched without Anthony Davis. I mean, he, he, I'd say he's, he might be more important than, than LeBron James for that team, like a healthy Anthony Davis right now. So maybe that's an interesting, interesting angle. I don't know. The, the, what do you think about LeBron? So LeBron in the in game four, or sorry, game five, where the Suns got out to an early lead and just never let up. Um, LeBron quit, straight up quit on his team and literally like did not do, play defense and then walked off the court. And I like, to me, I got to say, 
I've been a LeBron backer for a long time. You and I have had many discussions about the merits of LeBron James over the years. Uh, he lost me on that. You can't walk off your court. So to me, that con- that thing wasn't really surprising me because I feel like we've seen shades of that at different times throughout his career. I mean, I and and obviously, you know, he he made up for it really well. Like he he would have a, some series like that where he he looked like he kind of gave up on his team, or mm-hmm. he, he looked like you know it's as if he's looking around like what are these bunches of scrubs doing? Or, or like you know, if one of he created those big three teams in both Miami. And Cleveland, and if like one of his other stars would be injured, he, Kevin Love, yeah, like he wouldn't always want to exert himself to the max to make sure he won. Sometimes he'd be like, "Let's see what all these other dudes can do," and then if they, and then he would look really frustrated with them. Um, so shades, I mean, of, I, shades of Kevin Durant, I feel like Kevin. Not that Durant's quit, but in that that pursuit of like playing partners that are on your level. I think yeah. I think he and Durant share that. They're only excited now when they get other guys who are at least somewhat in their league with skill and basketball knowledge. You know, yeah. He looks and bored on. sometimes, and he and and disengaged. Yeah. Also, Dennis Schroeder must be a giant dickhead. That's what it seems like. <laughs> he's like, he's like out there for thirty minutes, gets like no buckets, bitches and moans the whole time. Uh, I think LeBron's done with his ass. <laughs> I, I think he is. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, this this could be, and you know, I predicted this. I, I said a few years ago. I said, I if I were the Lakers, or if I was some some team that was trying to um, really put together a a great team for the future, I wouldn't give up much to get LeBron James at this stage of his career. Now he brought them the championship last year. He did, but and he was great. That was like you might get a championship in the first two or three years, and then you have like nothing left. Your team is going to be laid to waste, like what has happened with other places that he's been to. And he might not even, I mean, he, he's sort of been diminishing a little bit physically. He finally looks a little more human this season with, with some injuries bothering him a little bit longer. Um, so this could be the end of Le- LeBron James tonight. I mean, not that he's retiring now, if he was going to retire. I think he would say, you know, in the off season, this coming year is like my final year or something like mm-hmm. that. But uh, no, I don't think so. He wants to play with his son. Oh, uh, wow. I think, which is like, if his son's good enough, it's still a couple years away. I think, um, I think he's maybe going to college. So I don't know. I mean, that, that depends on LeBron's ego is you would think if he's anything like some of the, the greats of the past, he's not going to want to, hang around if right if, if he can't be a top two player on right. a team anymore yeah that's what i was thinking like how to, is he going to manage that transition or is it just going to be like uh you know done like so, tim duncan tim duncan did it for a little bit but he was also just physically done like yeah. he his body did not want to play basketball anymore i i think i think it's sort of an embarrassing situation for a superstar and and i think a guy like lebron i th- i i do think he's sort of emotionally fragile and and i think that would <laughs> like the, the 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 booze would come down fast that you know the people would just would just really slam him for for it and and i think he would he because he is such a student of basketball history he he would be looking at how his career stats are, are dropping because he's hanging around for another couple of years whereas a guy like vince carter who never got to that sustained stratosphere where you know, he wanted to be was like, all right, I'm just going to hang around the league doing whatever for like mm-hmm. five more years and, you know, enjoy playing ball. 
Um, I'm, I'm I love not that about Vince Carter. Yeah. Also, Vince Carter is really fun on television. I enjoy when Vince Carter is uh, the color commentator for the games. I've been really liking him. Uh, Vince Carter reminds me of Ricky Henderson, the baseball, the great Hall of Famer from baseball, who played played professional baseball deep into his 40s in the minor leagues. He was already oh, right. like a, he yeah. was already like a Hall of Famer. And he was still playing in the minors just because he wanted to play baseball. He didn't need the money. It sounded like he just loved the, like, he was like, what else am I going to do with my life? I want to just keep playing. Like whatever I'll play at whatever level is still, I can still play at. And he just kept playing. And I always loved that. And I felt that way about Vince Carter. Vince Carter was like, I can, I'm fine playing five minutes, 10 minutes off the bench, 15 in a playoff game, maybe. And, and giving you whatever I can and, and then getting out of the way and making, making a million dollars a year or whatever. Like, I think I wish more players would take that track. I hope CJ McCollum takes that track. Speaking of which, kind of losing it. Isn't uh, Pau Gasol playing in Spain right now? He, he's in some sort of like yeah. uh, European championship or something. Yeah, I saw him <laughs> doing a press conference, like a clip of him. And I was like, what the fuck is Pau Gasol going to Oh, he's playing. I love it. Yeah, go yeah, home good and play. For like, maybe he plays a couple games a week and it's like, he, what, what else is he going to do? He'd just be hanging out at the Y. He might as well get paid to play some ball. Yeah. Great. Um, okay. So Lakers, do you think, so do you think Lakers are going to get to a game seven before we move on? I have a hard time. I have a hard time saying with Davis playing tonight that, that LeBron and, and Davis are going to go out like this. Um, I think At maybe home. they, yeah, I think maybe they make it to the weekend and then see it also, you know, it's about Chris Paul's health too. And I, I was getting worried about my prediction when he got injured, um, earlier in the series and, um, he's been trying to gut it out. So it's all injury dependent. You know, who's, who's healthier, Chris Paul or, or, uh, or Anthony Davis. So, I, I mean, I'm still hoping, Paul. I'm still hoping the Lakers can't put together two games and win it in seven. So I'll, I'll I guess I'll still stick with the Suns, but, um, I guess I'm, I think the Lakers might, might just, uh, you know, eke out one more victory for, for pride here, but we'll see, you know, okay. if LeBron was in the mood to sort of give up on the team. Maybe he's, Maybe he's done with them. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what kind of locker room speech and its effect and everything. Yeah, they're they're interesting. Okay, uh, Clippers, Mavs. Is Luca going to continue his ridiculous? Absolutely. If people don't know how ridiculous it is, like he scored his fourth forty-point game in the playoffs, and he's like, and he's played like twelve playoff games in his career. He's he's twenty. So the guy is twenty-two years old. Twenty-two. And th- this is what is 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 sick about this to me. Um, you watch him out there. He's like huffing and puffing. Sometimes he looks like 10 to 15 pounds overweight. And if he actually got a good nutritionist in the off season or, or like some new physical trainer. Yeah. Whoever Embiid used it. He's the guy using Embiid's guy. Seriously. Because I think he hasn't even, we haven't even seen his, his potential. He's only 22. He's not in his best shape. So your dog. (laughs) Yeah. That's the dog. Is your dog a Luca fan? (laughs) Yeah. She's like, Luke, Luca. Um, yeah, and, and he, he already looks like one of the best players in the league some nights. It, it's ridiculous. He does like, dominate the hell out of the ball. Like, he's the only person who touches the ball on that team. It's really weird to watch him play. It's just like, all right, who's got – oh, Luca's got it. Luca's got it. Pick and roll, pick and pop, Luca, all day. I mean, it's great, but is, is he going to be like an Iverson where you're going to have to be really careful which player you pair with him to be his, like, his wingman? Oh, no, you know, he had like 43 points, but 14 assists last night 
in, in that win. So, you but know, it's not fluid offense. It's just like he draws so much attention that there's that he can find yeah. an open guys, so, which so is great. Like a James Harden style assist, right? right? That's like, true. Um, I mean, I think people still like they like playing with James Harden. I think people are always going to like playing with with Luca. Um, but yeah, is there is there room for you know more ball dominant guys like that? Um, oh, I guess not. He, he's got to have some good three point shooters around him. Obviously he shoots three, two, but he, I love just, so I've been trying to think about who he reminds me of. And it's, it's, it's hard to find any, any sort of comparison. And I guess, you know, an easy thing would be like, Oh, maybe Dirk because he was on the map and, like and he's though. like this yeah. white foreigner dude. Maybe um, T-Mac. There's some T-Mac to his game. I think, I think there's a little T-Mac, but then this is what I just really watching the way he he kind of maneuvers around dudes when he's sort of in the spaces between the zone near the free throw line um and when he gets his mid-range going or he goes in for l- these little floaters um mm-hmm. to me i think he's like a bigger chris paul who shoots more yeah. instead of passes a t-mac if, if that chris makes paul any sense hybrid. To you. he's a yeah, t-mac chris paul hybrid because chris paul loves maneuvering in that mid-range yeah. sometimes looking for a shot sometimes looking to pass well, now luca's looking to to shoot more and now, he's a better be fair, shooter than chris paul but i would argue that chris paul i think chris paul where he works a lot of his magic is actually near the paint and like even closer in than the mid-range because yeah. chris paul the, the the like the chris paul move that i think of when i think of chris paul is getting the ball deep in the paint and forcing like a mismatch but always being under control even with like the baseline closing in on him and being able to kind of run the offense from basically under the backboard. And, and Luca definitely doesn't do that. He doesn't have the body to move in that space like that. But, but yeah, I think there is some Chris Paul to his like deliberate. um, Yeah. Yeah. It's like control of the offense. Exactly. And he's able to keep it this slow controlled pace around Mm -hmm. there waiting. He he gets a little bump. He feels the defender on his back. He steps in and then he, it's just, it's a beauty to watch because he's, he's like I said, he's not really doing it with a, a exceptional physical ability right yeah, now. His instincts are like pure though. He's, he yeah. just gets it. It's like Matt. Uh, and that part of it is like Chris Paul. It's like a little magic, a little bird, a little LeBron. Right. Where he yeah. just like, even, even a little Jordan where he just like, he has that feel his in, like he makes a move and the decision is so quick and the move is so perfect that it looks like he's like five steps ahead when he's just reacting beautifully, he's, he's good. I mean, I he, saying he's good is such an understatement, his floor. And I've said it many times, I mean, not his floor, but his ceiling is an all time great basketball player. That's where it we're is. at. Like, he's not, yeah. he's not there, but he is in, he's, he, he's got a ticket to that dance where he's going to get a chance. He's really fucking good. But um, you know, Kawhi Leonard's really fucking good too. I hope both these series that we just talked about go to seven games. Cause it'll be fun. That um, that would be great. Um, I mean, Kawh- Kawhi's doing okay, but he's not really yeah, he's, stepping it up when they need him in the fourth quarter. No, but if so. he did, if he just was like unstoppable Kawhi Leonard again, uh, it wouldn't shock me. No, it wouldn't shock me either. And that's yeah, that's why I'm not. No, I can't write. I can't write the Clippers off. They they have the guys. You know, Reggie Jackson got pretty involved the other night. Um, for them when, when Paul George wasn't scoring as much, um, he, he made a ton of threes, but, um, I don't know. Something's still a little off there. I, I don't yeah, think they, I they ever got into this, um, great rhythm with, with Rondo there. But I, now, not that I think Rondo is, 
is a bad fit. I just don't think they've really had enough time altogether to really gel. Rondo's a good candidate to Vince Carter's career too. And they'll be like, we'll look up and he'll be 47 and still like getting eight minutes a night for yeah. some team. I'm like, shit, Rondo's still in the league? Yeah. <laughs> like with playing playing connect four with everybody. <laughs> I love Rondo. I love him forever. All right. Um the it's hard to talk about the Nuggets and the Blazers, but as we speak, the Blazers have a double digit lead midway through the third. Uh your boy, somebody you predicted you some hype about. So I was all like John Collins, John Collins, who's who's had a solid but relatively quiet uh series. He's been overshadowed by his teammates, let's say. Um, but your boy, uh Porter Jr. Oh yeah, Denver has been killing it. Just get he's 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 just got to become buckets. I I called that. I saw it happening, and I was like, "This Jamal Murray injury, as terrible as that is for the Nuggets, it kind of allows Porter Jr. to be unleashed a little bit more." And um, I, I I feel like I my assessment of the Aaron Gordon uh, trade is pretty solid too. He's been a real nice piece. He has. Um, yeah, he fits in great. He he, he looks like a whole different player. Oh yeah, I mean he looks committed to to what they do, and he's playing in the flow of that offense, which is one yes. of the most beautifully and the flowing like offenses you'll see in the NBA. Yeah, yeah. and the defense has been really solid, uh, just from that team. Uh, yeah, they're fun, but we, we would be completely remiss if we didn't talk about Dame's uh, double overtime just like most flawless basketball performance in history in a game where his team still lost because <laughs> nobody else on the trailblazers could get a bucket for like what felt like 20 years worth of game time. Yeah. I, I, I definitely got to respect what Lillard did. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe he just started too late. Like he got, he went nuts in the second half and maybe if he just started throwing it up in the first half, he would have had enough time to get like over 60 and get them enough. He well, wasn't yeah, throwing like it 50, up though. It was like five or, it was like the most efficient. Was it fifty? Did he score fifty? It was more, it was more it was than 40. fifty. No, it was more the, than fifty. It was so it was the most efficient fifty-point game in the history of basketball. It had to be. Yeah, <laughs> I was watching it, and and his the amount of shots that he took, the shooting percentage was ridiculous. And yeah. of course, you know, most of them were threes that he made. So mm-hmm. he was, was taking Steph Curry threes. Yeah, yeah, he was. But um, you know, I, I was rooting for Denver, and Denver kept it in the flow. It, they, they, you know, Jokic did what he needed to do. He, mm-hmm. you know, did these little, you know, sort of like half baby hooks, and he took his three pointers when he got a little opening on a three. Um, they got it to Michael Porter Jr. when they needed to. Um, I Get Dame a partner. I, I like CJ. No shade, but CJ is such a negative on defense that as he slows down yeah. offensively. It, he's not going to be, he, he's not, he's, he's not like, he'll have a place in the NBA probably for as long as he wants, but he's not, he's certainly not a second like banana to a good team. And he's probably not even really an NBA starter. He's probably should be a bench guy. Who's just like a microwave guy at this point. Um, been a great player, but Dame, Dame needs help, man. We got to get him somebody. I don't know. Yeah, Me- Mellow's not enough, um, but I mean, Mellow's doing Mello's time, a nice piece. Like, they're all yeah. like, they're not bad players. Um, he he's got some pick and roll partners and the big guys there, especially especially Nurkic. Uh, I just I, I know you're not a big Dame guy, but I love Dame. Uh, I've had the pleasure of seeing him in person, and uh, I just want to I just want him to have a partner that that makes it work. I don't know who that would be. It's got to be somebody who can just shoot the lights out. I don't know who. Um, yeah. Okay. So the West is all up in the air. That's where we landed on that. 
Um, hopefully we'll be talking about three game sevens. The, the only Western conference series that's over the jazz, like a number one seed should took care of the Grizzlies for one. It was more competitive than that. The Grizz put up a lot of fight. They were fun to watch. Uh, yeah, know, I mean, if John, I'm a Grizzlies fan, I'm not sad right now. Yeah. John, John Morant showed, um, you know, showed, showed the world, the basketball world who may tune in just a, a little bit more for the playoffs. Um, a little bit of what he was all about. He had a few yeah. really good games. Um, he kept trying to dunk yeah. on Gobert. Like, I think it became like an obsession. He was like, I'm going to dunk on Gobert and Gobert would just like a couple times swatted him. And other times, like he was just trying these dunk chances that you're like, Ja, Ja, you, you know, like in a normal game, you're not trying to dunk that ball. That's, that's not a dunk right there. And he was just like, I see Gobert. I must attack. I admired it. I admired his spirit. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun. But the Jazz look really good. They're deep. Um, they're versatile. They got, you know, they had their, uh, their um, who's the, they had their Ingles game. They had their Clarkson mm-hmm. moment. You know, their, their guy, their like spark plug guys came in. Their steady guys came in. Donovan Mitchell came back and was good. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're, they're probably feeling pretty confident about themselves right now. That's about all there is to say about the Jazz. They're good. They're a good team. So going to the East, I guess uh, if you remember, so I I predicted the Hawks would beat the Knicks. That's that was like a technical upset because it was a five beating the four. But I think a lot of people could see that coming. Um, the Hawks looked like a, a little bit more of the balancing with John Collins, like you were saying. But you know Trey Young had an amazing season, and Capella Capella was really good yeah. against the Knicks. He was yeah. really good. He's a good player. Uh, I guess my surprise might be even though I. I believe we both picked the bucks the fact that they swept the heat is yeah a, you know you expected a little more fight from miami it's funny i was i was saying like avoiding miami and boston was such a win for the sixers but then uh it turns out that you know miami and boston were not ready <laughs> we're just not ready for the playoffs this year uh and the sixers at needed an extra game to take care of the wizards i guess it all was the same anyway it yeah was all, i mean it was all gentleman sweeps and an actual sweep I don't think the um, I don't think the Hawks will be like such a, such a walk in the park for for Philly. I mean, especially if Embiid can't be 100. percent I think that could be a bit of a series. We'll see. So the thing about the Wizards and what made them potentially scary there when Embiid got hurt was that they had two guys who could light up light it up and get hot. Now Westbrook never really quite lived up to that as a scorer in the series, and. The Scott Collin, uh, Scott, uh, what's his name? Scott Brooks continues to just make baffling coaching decisions. And like, like they wouldn't give it to Hachimura for long stretches of time. And then they would start feeding the ball and he would get hot and then they would yeah. stop. And it was just like, what are you doing? Like, I feel like there's just no, like Westbrook, just a Westbrook run team doesn't strategize. It just plays basketball. And like, everybody just kind of runs around and tries stuff. There's something about Westbrook whether intentional or not, that seems to just when combined with a coach who doesn't have a firm offensive scheme, in my opinion, it made it a little rough and, you know, but they won one game. Uh, you know, the wizards tried, they, they yeah. gave a good, a good effort. I, I, I think the Hawks are a little, I think they're a little deeper than Philly, but, but obviously they don't have, really. The, yeah, I, I do. I, but I don't think they have the star power with, with the starters. Um, I think Philly's, deeper even with Embiid out because especially like I I'm buying Maxi man I think Maxi Maxi looked like speaking of looking like Chris Paul like Maxi looked like young Chris Paul out there uh in the in the clinching game against the Wizards where he was 
so the key, this is the key. And I, and I think I've said this before, if not, I feel like I have, so <laughs> I don't know. Um, but uh, when, when Embiid is out, the Sixers look best when Simmons is part of the big man rotation, whether playing power forward in the dunker spot with, with uh, Dwight Howard out there or playing center and all, like on defense and also playing like a point center on offense, but sharing the ball on offense. Mm-hmm. When Embiid's not out there, it's better when Simmons isn't the point guard, if that makes sense. And yeah. Shake Milton is not good enough. Honestly, he's just not, I like the kid and I think he's got talent, but he's just not good enough out there. George Hill helps a lot, but Maxi gives you that yeah. other guy who can control the flow of the offense and can also get moving quick too, when he needs to, I just like this kid a lot. I'm not saying he's yeah. a superstar, but what he's bringing to the table is exactly what the Sixers need for the offense to work when there's no monster seven foot unicorn out there scoring buckets. Right. Yeah. No, I really like Maxi. We talked about him way early in the season and, mm-hmm. and I, I, I definitely, I was eyeing him even more than, um, um, but what's the same? Who's the other young dude? Thibel. Um, yeah. Thibel and, um, I know who you're looking uh, up. Thibel Mil- is Milton, uh, Shake Sh- Sh- Milton. Like I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I saw more potential in Maxi than Milton, even even before Maxi was getting the minutes. Um, when he was getting some minutes, and and they were starting to put him in in garbage time to kind of get a feel for him right. during the season, and he he started showing that he he was worthy of getting more minutes. And yeah, I think you're right. You're seeing in the playoffs, um, there they might need it. <laughs> yeah, I think I think. The, they get into trouble on offense when Tobias Harris is the ball handler. And, and it's weird because Tobias is a really good basketball player and he's capable of handling the ball. It's not like he's like getting blown up by the other team's point guard at the point of attack or anything. It's just, it doesn't flow well. Tobias Harris becomes less important out there when he's running, when he's holding the ball, he's better when he's moving around without the ball. He's really good at that. And that's a tough skill. Like there's a yeah. lot of guys who are good with the ball. It's, it's in a lot of ways harder to be good without the ball. And Harris is good without the ball. And Simmons is good without the ball too, as a, as a, as a big. Uh, so it makes them versatile. And Seth, as Seth Curry was phenomenal. Um, the, the guys who can get buckets, the Sixers team is really good. I'm not, I don't feel like I'm being a homer. They're a really good team. They're deep. And I think uh, they can beat either Milwaukee or Brooklyn. I don't I like, I, especially if Milwaukee and Brooklyn beat each other up, you know, it's going to be really fun. These next two, uh, the rest of the East is going to be really fun. So I, 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 I want to be there with you. The, 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 the Seth Curry thing. Um, it's just not consistent. You just don't know when he's going to have those explosive games or not. Um, right. But they have enough just, other guys. That can do that. I feel like yeah. they have enough other guys that if, Seth, if, if in a seven game series, Seth goes off three or four games, that can be enough. You're not looking for him to go off seven games. You're looking for anywhere from two to four games where he really helps you win. And I think that's I'm, good. I, I'm feeling like, um, to me, Milwaukee, and we may have discussed this right before the playoffs, I think the Bucks are sort of the most balanced team in the East um, to, to win it and playing multiple ways. Um, they can play because high tempo. Because of Drew Holiday. Straight up. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he, he really, he really fits in to be whatever they need. And, but then they can play big and and slow and defensively, but they can play fast and score a ton of points. Um, I actually think, are you, are you ready for Kevin Durant guarding Giannis at the top of the key with Giannis playing point guard? (laughs) Like those two playing like point uh, forwards against each other for, for this series. It's going to be really fun to watch. 
that's that's gonna be fun. And then watching, um, I, I don't know, you know, it's, Drew it's, on, it's, I put Drew on Kyrie. Drew on Kyrie, yeah, that's what I want to see who Drew who Drew's gonna be guarding, and and I want to watch that matchup. I feel like uh, Harden's gonna do Harden, and you can only do so much against him if he if he's just having one of those nights. You, you, and Giannis Chris is going to Giannis is going to pull some duty, man. He's going to Giannis is going to have to play out of his mind to and, if he's going to handle Durant, yeah, and then he's, Lopez when he's not on Durant. <laughs> yeah, he's and, and he's Giannis is capable of. I, oh, I, it's not Lopez, sorry. Um, Lopez is is on the box. Is on yeah. the box. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I kind of want to pick the Bucks, like I. I, I like watching this super team. It's, it's an interesting thing to watch with the Nets, but I, I sort of am leaning towards the Bucks, um, being I sort of that so. more complete team. <laughs> I agree with you, but at the same time, as a Sixers fan, I'm hoping Milwaukee wins because the Nets are terrifying. And even if they're not as good a team, like up and down the roster, you have to beat a team like that four times out of yeah. seven. Like where you have three guys on that team who could get you 40 any night, any night, just get it. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I hope Milwaukee beats them. That's kind of, that's, that's my hope as a Sixers fan that Milwaukee beats the Nets. All right. So we covered all that. Wait, I had a list of things to come. Oh, I know what I want to talk about. This is a, uh, I have two other things. What did you think about Brad Stevens uh, stepping down as coach of the Celtics and and replacing Danny Ainge in the front office. That was a big, crazy move. Um, so, yeah, so we, we, well, we talked about, so Jason Tatum, he, Jason Tatum, by the way, he had that 50-point game in the playing yeah, game that you predicted. That. <laughs> and, and he had another ridiculous game in the first round. Um, but he had to, and they were obviously shorthanded with um, mm-hmm. with Jalen Brown out. Um, and I don't know. A- after that type of injury to your your second most important player going into the playoffs, can you really fault the coach and Dan- Danny Ainge for that? No, no. Um, I just I was talking more like his him not coaching next year. He he's he's going to. I don't know. If you, maybe you didn't hear it, but Stevens is not going to coach the Celtics. He took Danny Ainge is stepping down. Stevens is moving up to be the president of basketball operations. Slash oh, so that part I didn't know. So I yeah. knew that. And Stevens um, is not going to coach. He's going to hire a new coach. Oh, uh, okay. So I, I knew Danny Ainge retired. And, um, right. Okay. Yeah, Stevens is, is taking over for him. Uh, just a, a big move. Well, now you have to absorb it. So I dropped that on you. Yeah. No, I, I thought you were. Okay. That's Okay. That's so here's my question. But you kind of yeah. started answering my, my, my final question I wanted to ask. Anyway, so Miami, New York. Memphis, Washington, and Boston have been eliminated as of this recording. Which of those four Eastern Conference and one Western Conference teams would you pick as having the brightest future? Like if you were going to get to be, if you were handed, if you were the hottest general manager in the league and you were looking for a job and those five teams were your finalists, which team are you going to, to, to sculpt a championship out of? Okay. Um, Miami, New York, Memphis, Washington, Boston. Oh, to me, it's between two teams. Um, I, I think some people might think New York because they surprised people this year. They showed a lot of potential. Um, I, I think they still are a couple big moves away, either striking the right the right thing, you know, through the draft or or you know making some major major deal. Um, Jimmy Butler's old. 
Um, <laughs> and he wants to get paid. <laughs> um, I, you know, Westbrook is no spring chicken, as they say. All right, make your pick. On, on the Wizards. It's so time. I, it's funny. You know, I'm still going with Boston. I'm going with Boston. Wow. I'm going with Boston okay. over Memphis. But those are my top two of those five. I would, I would pick Memphis. Which team do you think okay. is going to be? So I don't think – I think New York – I think a lot of people would actually not pick New York. I think ju- people think Julius Randle has been exposed and that team got exposed and all this yeah. because they got, they got a little bit punked by Atlanta, but I am still a little bullish on the Knicks next year. I like Julius Randle. You know, I, I thought he was an MVP candidate even uh, cause you have to take playoffs out of it. Playoffs are not part of it. Um, I like RJ Barrett bringing a little shooting touch to the table now. And I think they have a lot of flexibility to make a move. I just like, yeah. Uh, I don't know what kind of players are going to be out there. I thought that like this previous off season was a good, to- was there was a decent amount of talent in the free agency pool. And I don't know if that's going to repeat this year. I don't know if you're going to get like Bogdan Bogdanovich uh, on like a discount kind of player this year. So, uh, so I don't know, like I, I would, I would pick Memphis, but I get Boston. You're still dealing with Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum. Jason and Marcus Tatum, Jalen Brown, still yeah. both really young. Yeah. Tatum Maybe to trade is, Kemba Walker and, and see, yeah. see what you can get. If you can get a better something. I guess I'm thinking like top heavy, like who's special to me. Jason Tatum is, is yeah. special. I think that's now, legit. You know, is Morant as special to you? He's not as special. He, okay. He's, I, I, re- I really like him. But uh, mm-hmm. he's a real nice piece to to build a team around. Memphis has a um, lot of assets to move around with. If you're a GM, you could you could you can do a lot of different things with that team. Bradley Beal, hell of a score. Do, do I think he's anything special yet? I, it's too early to tell. I don't know. I, that's it. Let's get Beal to Portland. <laughs> Let's just get Beal to yes. Portland and and make that happen. And we'll just have Dame and Beal be like the new Splash Brothers. Like yeah like new version of it. I mean, that would bring like some competitiveness over there where, where you always feel like the Blazers just aren't going to have enough to make it far in the playoffs. And, and Lillard is just kind of out there on an Island. He, yeah. And he wants to stay there. More he than wants 50 to do points it. and losing, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, if we're going to have big threes that kind of are orchestrated across the league, I'm fine with it. As long as we have, teams like the trailblazers where they have like a star who never wants to leave. And he's like, whatever happens, I'm ride or die with this franchise. They're ride or die with me and we'll do it. And I I want those kind of teams too. And I got to cheer for them also. Like, you know, hopefully Devin Booker will be that in Phoenix. Hopefully Embiid will be that in Philly. Hopefully, uh, Giannis, Giannis, like right. Tatum will never leave. Yeah. Like that's kind of like, hopefully Trey young will be that for Atlanta. Luca becomes that for Dallas. Like, you know, let these guys, let these stars shine outside of LA a little bit. <laughs> In your ear, Podcast Network.